Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt. And today is our special 30-minute extended episode where we're going to talk about all the kind of putting it all together showing that you can do this with the recode protocol. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, We're going to summarize the recode protocol, boiling it down to the essentials to make it as easy as possible to use. And let's preface this with the Mark Twain quote, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Okay. Uh, We're going to offer a, um, a table and I'll put a link to the table in the podcast notes so that you can refer to it. As you'll see, it's pretty simple. All the scientific details, all the lab tests, and all of the treatment nuances detailed in the preceding um, episode boil down to five key points that drive cognitive decline in nearly everyone. There is nothing that cannot be dealt with effectively. So these are the five things that drive cognitive decline that we've talked about, insulin resistance, inflammation and infections, Hormone, nutrient, and trophic factor optimization actually helps it, helps fight it. Toxins, chemical, biological, and physical. Restoration and protection of lost or dysfunctional synapses for the connections between neurons in the brain. So, the intervention. This is, um, this is a table. I'm just going to skim through this pretty quickly because I am going to um, put a link to this. It might take me a day or two to get the actual link to this table into the show notes, but I will get that done as soon as I can. Uh, The first intervention is diet, which is a KetoFlex 12-3 diet, and the target is ketosis of 0.5 to 4 millimoles per liter. You can get that with the ketone meter that we have mentioned in the past. Uh, They cost about $30 or $40, and then getting the ketone strips It's important as well, but it actually isn't something that you're going to have to do every day. It's just going to be until you start, you know, change your diet and and realize what it feels like when you're in ketosis. And then that way you won't have to check it all the time. You want to exercise aerobic and strength exercise 30 to 60 minutes, five to six times a week, or you can just do it every day of the week if you like, Just just to make sure you don't lose track of a day. You want to sleep, uh, oh, and the reason for that is it ramps up uh, slowly and it protects your heart, okay? So this is all broken down into interventions and notes. So sleep, you want to sleep seven to eight hours, melatonin, 0.5 to 3 milligrams, uh, tryptophan if you have ruminations, and sleep hygiene, which is basically making sure that you're in a dark room, it's not loud, things like that. We like to encourage people to use a sleep mask. And um, even earplugs are good. And if you want to exclude sleep apnea, if you do have sleep apnea and have to sleep with a sleep apnea machine, there's a whole other protocol that we go in for that later. 
Stress reduction, um, for that, you can do meditation or neural agility, yoga, music, diaphragmatic breathing that we've talked about in earlier episodes. Brain training, um, brain HQ or lumosity. I like brain HQ. You do 30 minutes three times a week or 10 to 20 minutes five to six times a week. It's just a series of different online games that you play, and um, they're, they're pretty challenging but uh, it's definitely worth it. MCT oil, which is medium chain triglycerides, one to three grams twice a day. So you're going to be getting between two and six grams of MCT oil a day. And when your insulin sensitivity is restored, you can drop the MCT and increase extra virgin olive oil, monounsaturated fatty acids, and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Okay. Next is curcumin, one gram twice per day, or you can do turmeric. You want to take that on an empty stomach or with good fats, which are the omega-3 fats. Ashwagandha, 500 milligrams twice a day with meals. Bacopa monieri, 250 to 500 milligrams twice per day with meals. My uh, supplement that can be found at mybrainmed.com um, has the bacopa monieri and some other things that he mentioned, so you can check that out as well. Gatu Cola, 500 milligrams once or twice per day. That's for alertness and focus. Uh, other herbs as indicated. So you can look for rhodiola, hericium, shankpushpi, trifala, gducci, google, things like that. And uh, like I said, I am going to have this chart, a link to this chart in the notes so you don't have to worry about writing all this down. Magnesium, three and eight, two milligrams twice, uh, or just once per day. Two, two, actually, start over. Magnesium, three and eight, two grams per day. That may be sedative, so take it at night. So it might make you sleepy. U ubiquinol, 100 milligrams. PQQ, 10 to 20 milligrams. <coughs> Excuse me. Resveratrol, 100 milligrams. Nicotinamide, riboside, 100 milligrams. Omega-3s, DHA, 1 gram, EPA, 0.5 to 1 gram. Liposomal glutathione, 250 milligrams twice per day, and it has to be liposomal or it will not get into your system, and that is a super, super powerful antioxidant. Probiotics and prebiotics, if you have a leaky gut, you want to heal that first. Vitamin D and vitamin K2, target um, vitamin D level of 50 to 80. Mixed tocopherols and tocotrienols, 800 international units. You want to target a vitamin E level of 12 to 20. As far as the leaky gut, you can know if you have a leaky gut by taking the Cyrex array test, and that was mentioned in early, earlier episodes on leaky gut. Um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, you want to optimize hormone levels, including thyroid, adrenal, and sex hormones. Specialized pro-resolving mediators um, times once a month if the homocysteine or HSCRP is, o, is greater than 1.0. Methylcobalamin, 1 milligram, and methylfolate, 0.8 to 5 milligrams, and P5P, 20 to 50 milligrams if your homocysteine is, over than, is greater than 6 and if your B12 is less than 500. Alpha-lipoic acid, 100 milligrams. N-acetylcysteine, 500 milligrams. Cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon. Berberin, 
300 to 500 milligrams three times a day or metformin. If your fasting insulin is greater than 4.5 or fasting glucose is greater than 90 or your hemoglobin A1C is greater than 5.5. Zinc picolinate, 25 to 50 milligrams, alpha lipoic acid, 100 milligrams, N-acetylcysteine, 500 milligrams, P5P, 50 milligrams, um, magnesium, 15 milligrams, and vitamin C1 to 4 grams. If your zinc is less than 80 or your copper zinc ratio is greater than one to three you want to take if you have depression take sami 200 to 1600 milligrams or folate five milligrams after three months on the protocol if memory is is the primary problem and not on aricept consider heparazine a 200 micrograms that's also included in the mybrainmed.com or the brain med supplement if your evaluation indicates type three which means high C4A, high uh, TGF beta 1, and low MSH, et cetera, and type 3 is toxins, uh, then you want to do a SERS evaluation and treatment, cholinesteramine, intranasal VIP, et cetera. If you have metals or biotoxins identified, you want to go through the detoxification protocol. If you have infections identified, you want to, um, do specific antibiotics or antiviral, but that's not something that we recommend as, as chiropractors because antibiotics kill the gut flora, and that can be an issue. And discontinue or minimize medications that interfere with cognitive functions, which include statins, proton pump inhibitors, benzodiazepines, etc. So that is the summary in the table form but the implementation is the key. You can do this, okay? As more and more people have adopted Recode, we've seen, um, we've been able to see which practices are associated with the greatest success. Now, some are obvious, while others are less so. So this is going to go through a list of these. The sooner you start, the better your chance for complete reversal and protection. One woman said she was not ready to start the protocol. She said, I'm fairly early in my symptoms. But when I'm further along, I'll contact you to get started. No, no, a thousand times no. The earlier you start, the better, since the pathophysiological process underlying Alzheimer's disease proceeds for decades. That may seem early with respect to symptoms, or what may seem early with respect to symptoms is usually not early with respect to the ongoing disease process. Ideally, you would adopt the protocol as prevention. That's why I'm just assuming that I'm APOE4 positive, which is a genetic marker for Alzheimer's, and I'm going to do everything I can um, to – I'm just assuming the worst, and that way I'm going to do all the treatments that assuming the worst, and then if I'm not, then it's just going to be extra, extra great regardless. So you need to – if you're over 45, you need to consider a cognoscopy which we've explained in earlier episodes, and I'll have a special um, episode just on that. You want to check your genetics for the APOE4 um, allele, your biochemistry, your cognitive function, and imaging. Imaging is optional if you don't have any symptoms because it can be expensive. Um, if you decide against prevention, then it's critical to obtain evaluation and treatment as early as possible if and when cognitive decline begins. To date, every individual with subjective cognitive impairment SCI has improved on the protocol, so don't start any later than that. You want to live your protocol for at least six months. 
Behavior change is not easy, so don't beat yourself up if it takes you a while to implement the diet, sleep, and exercise regimens. It becomes easier after the first month or two, so hang in there. You really need to adhere to the protocol that addresses your situation for six months or so to see positive effects. Doing a bit here and there while ignoring much of it rarely helps. Here's another case study. Uh, This woman was in her mid-70s when she began to experience memory loss. Her mother had developed severe dementia, also in her 70s. Her evaluation revealed numerous metabolic abnormalities, including suboptimal hormone levels, increased homocysteine, and reduced vitamin B12. All were readily addressable, and after several months on the RICO protocol, she was markedly brighter and more responsive. However, she began to regress. It turned out she had discontinued various parts of the protocol. When this was discussed with her and her family, she offered excuses and explanations. She said that she liked sweets and could not give them up, simply did not wish to exercise, and did not want to change her nutrition. The health coach spent hours with her, but she simply did not wish to adopt the protocol despite her early positive results. Her family was unable to change her mind, and she continued to decline. I'm telling you, you need to be stubborn to being healthy, not stubborn just to be stubborn to be stuck with all your different food addictions. I mean, this is something that is fixable and you have to believe that. I just feel like maybe she didn't fully believe that the protocols were going to work. And that is something that you need to know. Yes. Changing your diet is difficult, especially since most people do not believe diet has such a profound effect on cognition, especially medical professionals think there's a lot of them out there still that think it has nothing to do with anything and the risk of dementia, despite the accumulating research. For example, on the Mediterranean diet, to the contrary, when we began sending health coaches to visit people using the protocol, it turned out everyone was cheating on the diet. Numerous behavioral changes are important for enhancing your cognition, and each has its own role to play, so be patient with yourself. We have found that health coaches are very helpful in getting people to make the requisite changes as our supportive spouses, family members, and supportive practitioners. That's key. That's why I included a link in the description of this episode where you can download the handout to take into your next doctor's appointment just to kind of give them a heads up on what's actually working now. You want to identify what's wrong and don't treat blindly. Uh, Dr. Bredesen says he's often asked what one thing is the most important in the protocol. Is it the nutrition, hormones, addressing inflammation, or what? The answer is this, obtaining a thorough evaluation, as we explained earlier, in earlier episodes, only then can you and your practitioner identify what is contributing to your cognitive decline. Furthermore, if your cognition does not improve on recode within a few months, then you need to identify what's holding you back. Typically, from 10 to 25 lab values are suboptimal. Knowing which they are allows you to focus on the elements of Recode that specifically target them and inspires you too, I hope, not to skimp or cheat on those elements. Always keep optimizing. One of the main differences between Recode and the standard monotherapies, which is just pills, is that you continue to optimize. Again and again, we find that tweaking the protocol based on lab values and responses brings continued cognitive improvement. This is especially true for people who are keenly aware of their cognitive status. Of course, you can follow your status with online quantitative neuropsychological testing, including through Brain HQ, Lumosity, um, or a variety of others. Also, just wanted to throw in there too the cognition assessment from the Cambridge Brain Sciences that is included in the web class we're having on September 7th. 
which is also free. So you're absolutely able to get all of that information for free to be able to see what your baseline is and where you are. And then after you do some of the protocols that we're going to talk about in that class, then you can take your test again and see how much better you're doing. Even after you have improved, test your lab values to see if any have fallen out of the optimal range and test your cognition so you know how you're doing every four to six months. This is a marathon, not a sprint, so keep optimizing. You may be surprised at the continued improvement in cognitive function. Be diligent about your lab values. There is a threshold you need to cross so that synaptoblastic processes, which are preserving synapses, making and maintaining memories, outweigh synaptoclastic ones, which is destroying synapses and losing memories and cognitive function. When you are evaluated and the potential contributors to cognitive decline are identified, you don't know how many will have to be optimized to get you over the threshold so that synaptoclastic processes no longer outweigh synaptoblastic ones. There is, as yet, no direct way to measure where this threshold stands, and it might be different for different people. For now, it is therefore important to address as many of the suboptimal values as possible. Here's another example. This uh, woman began to have memory loss around perimenopause, and it became quite severe following menopause. She re responded very well to recode, and after a year, however, she noticed that her memory had started to get worse again. So she began to keep a diary of when her memory failed. Despite this setback, she did not return for reevaluation immediately. And when she did, it turned out that her estradiol level had fallen from greater than 100 picograms per milliliter to zero. It turned out that her physician had changed her estradiol formulation from transvaginal, which is excellent absorption, to transdermal, which is often poor absorption. Her memory problems had appeared within a month of this change. Sometimes the threshold is exceeded when specific hormones are optimized, sometimes when sleep is optimized, sometimes when intravenous glutathione is added, sometimes when stress is reduced, sometimes when myoketosis is, is achieved, the point is to attend to detail. And if you're a caregiver, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but it's going to be on you to attend to all these details. When you get it right, your metabolic parameters will show it, giving you the best opportunity for cognitive success. Do what you can. You don't necessarily have to follow every part of the protocol. The good news is that once you get over the synapse-preserving, destroying threshold, you are in good shape. Patient zero had superb results following 12 of 36 recommendations, 12 out of 36, only three, a third of them. That doesn't mean a limited palate will work for everyone. As long as there are contributors to cognitive decline, you are at risk, so try not to skip any elements of the protocol. However, addressing the most important contributors turn out to be good enough for many people. With each tweak of your protocol, try to notice over the ensuing days and weeks whether cognition gets better, worse, or neither. Results that are temporarily linked are not necessarily causally linked, but again and again, it turns out that people whose metabolisms, lab values, and other measures respond to various parts of their own personalized protocols see excellent cognitive improvement, too, over the long haul. Also remember that cognitive decline, indeed neurodegeneration in general, is, is progressive. That is to say, it gets worse and worse. A lack of progression, in other words, staying the same, even if the same is less than ideal, is therefore often the first sign that you are on the right track. Even modest gains are a very good sign because it means that you have stopped the decline, turned the corner, and are headed in the right direction. Now don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. As long as you have been high or as long as you have high fasting insulin and insulin resistance, chronic inflammation, depleted hormones, or exposure to dementogens, things that cause dementia, your cognitive status is unlikely to get better. 
your brain will continue to produce amyloid as a protective response to these threats. And amyloid unleashes its synaptic destructive quartet. However, as all of these metabolic and toxic parameters begin to improve, and there's no further reason for your brain to produce amyloid, you should start to see cognitive improvement, even if your lab values still fall short of optimal. So now here's how one patient who had 24 metabolic and toxic abnormalities did on 10 months of the RICO protocol. Her fa- uh, the fasting insulin was 32. After 10 months, it went down to 8. The HSCRP was 9.9. It went down to 3. Homocysteine was 15. went down to 8. Vitamin D3 was 21, went up to 40. And the symptoms, she was struggling, and now after 10 months on the program, she's working full-time. Not only did this patient's cognition improve, the MRI also showed clear evidence of improvement. As you can see, that occurred along with his metabolic improvement, even though he had not reached the optimal levels. For example, the fasting insulin decreased from 32 to 8, whereas the optimal is 4.5 or lower. Just you want to be heading in the right direction metabolically, and that's going to help point you in the right direction cognitively. So you want to document your cognitive status so you know where you stand. That's why doing the baseline in my class on September 7th is so important. When you're improving and when things need to be adjusted. So you always need to document your cognitive status. Just as your lab values are indispensable in pointing you in the right direction for your therapeutic protocol, your functional status is invaluable in tracking your improvement or lack thereof. This can be done with standard quantitative neuropsychological testing or online tests from Brain HQ, Lumosity, or other brain training companies such as Brain Sciences Institute, um, the Cambridge Brain Sciences Institute. If you do not see improvement over time, which is months, then you need to make changes to your protocol. Search for additional potential contributors to the cognitive change, changes or both. You can document your structural status using MRI with volumetrics, such as those offered by NeuroReader or NeuroQuant. Currently, that's less than $100 and usually covered by insurance. Volumetrics uh, turns MRIs into a very powerful tool for estimating atrophy in various brain regions. You want to take advantage of social networks. This is huge. It is often helpful to discuss your symptoms, issues, questions, and concerns with people in similar circumstances. This can be done in person or via the Internet, included in gr- including groups such as apoe4.info. I just did a uh, video on Facebook Few, about an hour or two ago talking all about APOE4.info, really great resource. Be careful about going off therapeutics cold turkey. In general, biological systems were not made to function like spigots that you turn on and off quickly. If you're going to discontinue hormone replacement therapy or Aricept or thyroid hormone or any other therapies, taper off extremely slowly. With Aricept, for instance, sudden cessation may be followed by increased cognitive decline. Stick with the program. Recode offers many benefits, not just to cognition, but also to metabolism, glucose control, weight, and detoxification. Dr. Bredesen's hope is that when the initial patient shows improvement, that people would take years to show worsening if they ever discontinue the program. In other words, the underlying process had taken years to develop, so after patients showed improvement, he hoped that it would again take years for symptoms to appear once they had disappeared. That has not turned out to be the case, unfortunately. People who have gone off and on multiple time, off and on multiple times, experience cognitive decline within two weeks. Going back on the protocol restarts the improvement, but from a lower baseline than if you stick to it. Let's see. You do not need to start 
the whole program at once. You can take it in phases. It's easy to be overwhelmed by trying to start an extensive program all at once, so don't worry. Your health coach, physician, and family members can help you adding one element and then another. If you want to start by optimizing your sleep and increasing your physical activity, putting off the dietary changes for a few weeks, that's fine. If you want to start the dietary changes by adopting the 12-hour fast first, but postpone the hormonal optimization, that's also fine. Just be sure you eventually, ideally within three to six months, adopt as many elements as you can, and that will become easier over time. Taking these keys to success into account, there are patterns in who responds the best. The best responders generally include the following. People who are at risk because of their APOE status, but who do not yet have symptoms, Um, it will be years before we can be certain about how effective Recode is at prevention, but so far we have not seen anyone convert from asymptomatic to symptomatic while on the program. People with subjective cognitive impairment, similar to date, similarly to date, no one with SCI has failed to improve on the protocol. People with early myocognitive impairment in its early stages with the Montreal Cognitive Assessment scores of 24 or higher, there's a better chance for improvement. Even people with scores as low as one, which is associated with advanced Alzheimer's disease, have shown improvement. However, uh, MCI tends to respond best if it is a, a amnestic MCI and if there are identifiable suboptimal laboratory values. People with early Alzheimer's disease, although we call this early Alzheimer's disease, the underlying pathophysiological process has been present for two decades or so, indicating this is late in the course of the underlying process. Nevertheless, We've had many people with early Alzheimer's disease and MOCA scores in the teens or MMSE scores of 20 or high teens show clear cognitive improvement. Although early treatment produces better outcomes, we occasionally hear from people who have initiated the protocol late in the course of Alzheimer's disease and achieved at least some positive results. Here is um, some more information because we're running low on time, here's different forms of cognitive decline, SCI, MCI, early Alzheimer's, they are not, that are not type 3, which is toxic. The type 3 subtype of Alzheimer's has proven to be the most difficult to treat successfully, although even with this subtype, the earliest state, uh, changes in SCI are often readily reversible. However, once type 3 Alzheimer's is recognized, the treatment becomes more complicated because the toxic source must be identified and removed. Any organisms involved must be dealt with, and the ongoing response must be quieted. We have nonetheless had success with some type 3 patients, in particular those with high levels of mercury. Treating that reverses cognitive decline fairly quickly, making this an exception to the usual results in type 3. People with cognitive changes who are otherwise healthy, perhaps not surprisingly, those who are not on multiple medications for chronic illnesses tend to respond more completely to the protocol. People who have no brain atrophy on MRI or in whom the atrophy is restricted to the hippocampus, when there's widespread brain atrophy, people typically have difficulty with understanding concepts, organizing, word finding, and more. They may also become more passive and childlike. This pattern occurs more commonly with type 3 Alzheimer's, although it may also occur late in other types. When this atrophy is absent, the response to the RICO protocol is, in general, more successful. People who are younger than 75, this is not to say that those 75 and over have not shown response, but in general, greater and more rapid responses have occured in younger patients, people who have supported spouses and physicians. 
Supportive spouses have proven to be remarkably helpful, and many have adopted the program for themselves as well, which is really important. They help in many ways, from aiding in compliance to reducing stress to helping patients find joy. Physicians who have trained in functional or integrative medicine and understand the networks and programmatic approaches to chronic illnesses also help enormously. On the other hand, physicians can be inflexible. Here is one of the thousands of emails I received following our first study showing reversal of cognitive decline. You're not even going to believe this. Dear Dr. Bredesen, we read your article on reversal of cognitive decline and hope to discuss the possibilities of this therapeutic program with our family doctor. He dismissed it out of hand, saying he had no time to read. He would not even accept a copy of your article. When we asked for a referral to a doctor that might be interested in helping with this approach, he simply said, doctors don't do nutrition. The neurologist he had sent us to earlier said Aricept was the only solution that is not an acceptable solution to us. When we asked about homocysteine, eyes rolled. What appealed to us about your program is that the first six components are already in place. I have fibromyalgia that I can generally control through diet, exercise, and stress uh, management instead of medications. On the other hand, RICO tends to be less effective for people who show no improvement in their lab values, which usually simply means that they have not followed the protocol, who do not attend to the details of the program, who do not follow the program diligently, who do not start until late in the Alzheimer's process, who do not include follow-ups, who do not include continued optimization, who have severe type 3 Alzheimer's and whose healthcare team works at cross-purposes instead of pulling together. So here's, here's the deal. That's why I feel like it's my job to provide you with the information to at least give something to take with you into the doctor's office next time. Um, it is in the description. Print that out. Take it into them and say, this is something I'm looking into. Can you please research that or direct me to somebody that's open to this, these protocols? It's very um, intensive. It does take more learning i'm in i'm i'm on ongoing learning this as well trying to you know optimize my own therapies programs and stuff and i'm excited to be able to get to where i can um really own this information and help even more people so at this point i just want to try to get this information into as many hands as possible my goal is 500 medical practitioners by the middle of next year so print that out take it into your doctor's and I will talk to you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.